Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. Delighted to say I'm here with Katie Brindle. She is the author of Yang Sheng, The Art of Chinese Self-Healing. She's a Chinese medicine practitioner. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Lovely to meet you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I have to say for those who um, uh, are just listening, you have I have background envy. (laughs) 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 With a heart mirror and a Christmas tree and a uh, a bird in a cave. Yeah, fantastic. I'm I'm loving the uh, the scene that you're in here. Um, so yeah, where does it all start with you? When did you first develop an interest in uh, yeah Chinese medicine? Where did this first enter your life? Well, like many people, it came from uh, pain. I was wanting to be an opera singer and had a car crash, so it damaged my voice very badly and it stopped me being able to sing um, professionally. So then I was in a bit of a muddle because I didn't know what to do and I couldn't sort out the injury. I had a severe whiplash, which then became chronic and just just, I could barely sit up. And I did what most sick people do, which is go from pillar to post and try one thing after another. And in the end, sort of gave up and learned to live with it. And then one day I was just walking up a street in London with my mother and I was in so much pain. It was like robbing so badly. And I just happened to be walking past one of those TCM clinics that said 10 minutes of massage for 10 pounds. And I just thought, oh, do you know what? I literally don't care what they do. I mean, so they can just cut my shoulder off for all I care. I'm in so much pain. So I wandered in and it so happened that the guy in there was just the most amazing Chinese doctor and did this technique called Gua Sha on my shoulder, which I'd never heard of before. And I don't think anyone else had either. And it was just the most insane 10 minutes of my life. I was sort of cry my eyes out in frustration of the fact that I've been living in this agony for years on end, but also excitement that something so simple could actually solve the problem immediately, which is what it did. Um, And I sort of had a eureka moment in there and I sort of skipped out after all this emotion and thought, that's it. I'm literally changing my life. I'm not joking. I I jacked in my job. I dumped my boyfriend. I moved out. My dad went nuts because I basically thought, I don't care. I'm just going to do this. And I did. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So first of all, tell us what the technique was. I... Yeah. So, to um, say again, what's the, what's the name of it? Gua Sha. Gua Sha. Now, Gua Sha is when you're using like a rounded edge implement. This is a Gua Sha crystal. This is more for the face. So this is just a nice, it's like a kidney heart shape. And it's got this rounded edge. And what you do with the rounded edge is you press stroke it over the affected area like this. Right. And depending on the material and the thickness of the implement depends on which bit of the body you're using. So on me, he was using a metal implement with a very slim rounded edge. So he was press stroking over my shoulder, brought up a huge amount of bruising, similar to what you would see on cupping, same kind of thing. And yeah. uh, that's the shah and that's, the, that's it working. It draws circulation up by up to 400% into the affected area and restores the natural flow of chi and blood in the area, which, which, heals, which heals the problem. And it totally works. Um, now, beauty has completely picked Gua Sha up. I mean, the beauty industry picked up on me bringing this into the market about four years ago, and it's gone bonkers. I mean, there's Gua Sha everywhere now for the face. Um, But not so many people have picked up on it for the body. Um, And yet it's been used traditionally for pain, inflammation, fevers, coughs um, and immune immunity. So given the world that we're in right now, it's a bit of a no brainer thing to do um, on each other at home, which is really where my brand came from. Let's get you know, we need to be doing this good for us. Yeah. 
And so you said, to, so it brings up circulation 400% and it brings up chi. So what is, what is chi? Well, chi is what we would describe as energy or life force. Um, and I think one of the main differences in Eastern and Western medicine is that in the East, medicine was created from living bodies. Whereas in the West, we created Western medicine from dead bodies. So there's a, there's a fundamental difference there in the approach to what it is. And that's different now. But at the origin of where we were coming from was kind of, I like to call it two sides of the custard cream and the human, we're in the middle. So right. in the 21st century, you know, we need both. We need to ensure that we are honoring this invisible, yet nonetheless there, like Wi-Fi in the house. I'd, I'd describe it like Wi-Fi. It's the metaphysics of the body. It's not there. You can't see it or touch it. And yet it's affecting our life in every single capacity. Right. So you had this, uh, you had this treatment. You, got, you very quickly received this benefit. I, I find that extraordinary. And you just, is, was that, is that in your nature? Or was this the first time you'd been that impulsive, you know, that sort of decisive, should I say? Like, um, Well, impulsive, possibly. Um, yes and no. So I've always been a bit of an oddball in terms of, I always do things kind of slightly differently. So being an opera singer when you're 12 years old is unusual, to say yeah. the least. I mean, in fairness, I was at a very musical school. So a girl in my year, for example, won Young Musician of the Year. Like, right. And that was considered relatively normal at my school. And it was like she was an absolute genius. Um, so there was music in my school quite a lot. Um, and I was at one of those schools where you had to kind of create an identity for yourself or you would die. Mm. So, and, that, and that's all I had. <laughs> so that was what I went with. It was like a one-trick pony. Um, and then I guess what happened as to why I sort of had this kind of it was like a shedding of skin, I'd say. It was like a rebirth going on at that moment. I'd been in pain and lost my calling for a number of years by this point. I yeah. had a very strong calling to, to sing and express and to go to that level of, of um, emotion in terms of what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, to, to then just become a marketing exec, just kind of doing something which I just sort of did because I just didn't know what to do. And I thought, oh, I'll yeah. just do that. Um, and it wasn't me. It, 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 it didn't make my heart sing. So it was quite easy. It was like a kind of, breaking the camel's back when suddenly somebody gives you something it, it, it just it was like jenga it just started like, like that and and i was done i was like right i'm not i'm not having this life anymore i'm not living that life that life is not my life this is my life um and it wasn't easy i'm slightly making light of it richard to make it funny but you know it was quite i had to be quite brave you know it i i let go of everything that i'd been building up for the previous sort of five years mm. and just let it shed but it was a very courageous move but at, without question the best thing i ever did and so how did that work then you you started training under a, a at a school like how does that process work to start to yeah. learn the art well it's an interesting one and it's actually quite useful now that i help other people kind of change their lives too because i'm a life healer as much as anything else so i've been through the ringer myself to be able to help the first thing was i had to be quite practical about it you know i didn't have parents that could go here you are darling have a year out and we'll fund you and you can just faff around and do what you want to do. No, uh, that was not the case. My, quite the opposite. I had big lectures from my father go, I've spent all this money on your education. I can't believe this is what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, to which I was like, yeah, don't, don't care. So what did I do? I, I stuck with the day job um, for another six months, um, but I put a time limit on it. And I went back to college and I studied massage therapy because I thought, I can't go straight in on acupuncture, which is where I wanted to go, because I thought not everyone likes needles. It's going to take me three years to learn. 
Um, I can't afford to even pay for the university college fees to do that. But a massage course with the a lady called Claire Maxwell Hudson, who was arguably the leading massage therapist in the UK at the time, and she ran this college. And it, it was a day a week course. Um, and I thought, hmm, OK, I can do that. Um, and I basically gave up my social life. So I didn't see anyone for six months. So I did one day a week with her, took each day as a holiday because I still had holiday right. allowance. So somehow or other managed to sort of like hang it all together just about. I'm not quite sure how, but I did. Um, and uh, spent my weekends doing all the practicing and the, and, and the essays and all the rest of it. And luckily, and this is where the universe stepped in, just as I qualified, I got made redundant. Oh, it was the best, it was the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> and I remember my old boss, she brought me in because she had, because they were making mass redundancies across the business that she was, you know, she was a friend of mine. So I know it was very difficult for her to do. And I had to really try not to wipe the smile off my face. I'm sitting here like contorting, going, oh, thank you, God, thank you, God. I can't believe this. You've literally just given me this gift, which has given me just enough money to keep my head above water whilst I'm building up my business. And then I got very, sort of um, on it when I qualified, I just thought, right, there's 13 million people in London. I need about 30 clients and I need regulars and I'm going to have to do whatever it's going to take to get to those people with something that everyone loves. I mean, everyone likes massage and everyone's stressed. Yeah. Um, and I just got to work. And at that point, Richard, I applied myself very, very hard to my job. I mean, I would do bookings, working with hotels. I'd work in the middle of the night. I'd like, if they need, if someone needed a treatment, Katie would do it. And I did. And I worked. I worked on Christmas Day. I worked on Boxing Day. I mean, it was no fun for anyone. Um, and it took me six months to get to my previous salary. Um, and by the time I did that, because I worked, I mean, I worked all the time um, and I took any job. And if I wasn't working, I'd do free work. So I could just wow. do, I just do, I just keep, and it was a great piece of advice Claire gave us. She said, just get your hands on people so that you're just generating um, and I, this was ages ago. And so I sort of did a very simple affirmation. I had an old Nokia phone at the time. And so my welcome message was, I am a successful massage therapist. <laughs> so every time I'd have to turn my phone off for, for a treatment, and then I'd leave the treatment, having just got paid, I'd turn my phone back on and it would say, I am a successful massage therapist. <laughs> and it created an abundance. Okay. And this was, by the way, before affirmations were like, everyone's doing them. This is when no one yeah. knew what I was talking about. Um, and then having established my business and got it to the baseline, and then I'm now sort of, I could afford to live and do what I needed to do. I then extended my qualifications and moved each year I added. So I did reflexology. Then I qualified as a psychic. Then I qualified in auricular therapy, Chinese face reading. Um, and auricular, then it, sorry, what's auricular? Auricular, which is yes. ears, ear therapy, okay, ear massage. Therapy, yeah. All, yeah. Um, and then eventually started my degree in acupuncture, which was then that took, that took five years to actually fully qualify um, because the first college I went to was TCM, which most people don't realize isn't the same thing as five elements. They make, people don't know the difference. Um, and actually it was a very useful thing that I did TCM first and then went on to study five elements as well. So I kind of covered sort of the entire remit. Um, and by this point I'm now married with children. So my husband's now thinking, hopefully now she's just going to kind of stay at home and do acupuncture while she's bringing up my kids. Um, and that lasted for about a month. Um, when I kind of sat there after a month thinking, okay, so the entire landscape is wrong. Now I've, now I have journeyed all my way through this entire thing, healing and treating people and educating myself and becoming qualified. The problem with Chinese medicine at this point, which I seek to change is that I know how amazing it is. And it is. Um, but people would come to my clinic 
and they'd give me their litany of problems uh, because normally you're the last resort. Because then what they say is, I've tried everything and my friend said, why don't you try Chinese medicine? And actually, Richard, that rang true with me as well. That's what I did. I tried everything. And my last resort was some random bloke on the high street. And I literally didn't care what he did to me because I was so (laughs) desperate. So I thought, this is wrong. This medical system, it's not Western medicine. No, it's not. And I'm not pretending it is. Western medicine is amazing. And I'm not a Western practitioner. I'm an Eastern one. But Eastern medicine is also brilliant. And where it complements Western medicine perfectly is the other thing that people half know about Chinese medicine is, isn't it true that Chinese doctors were paid to keep you healthy? And if you got sick, they had to treat you for free. Now, people weirdly know this. And you're nodding, going, oh, yeah, I know that too. Yeah, I know. Why does everyone know that? Because it's true. So if you then put that into Western healthcare, which is we have the privilege of a free healthcare system in the UK, which everybody absolutely adores. We have amazing practitioners in our NHS, but we know that the NHS is really overstretched. We know that. I'm not making a political statement here. It's just everybody is very sensitive to the fact that we've got to do something to help it. So I thought the thing is with the system we have is nobody would go to the doctor because they had a bad night's sleep or a cold or they were feeling a bit tired that day, or they were feeling a bit run down on a Sunday afternoon. You wouldn't go to your GP with that. You would wait. You would dismiss it and go, oh, it's nothing. And then you would wait for it to get a foothold in the body until then you'd go to the GP and then in you go into the system. So how about we use Chinese medicine at its absolute strength, where it's not competing with Western medicine at all, and we're not giving advice that could potentially be dangerous to people with with, with chronic conditions. And we go, let's go into the prevention. Let's go into helping people Stay well, which is what Yang Sheng means, and adopt the model of dentistry, whereby we take the onus to do a, something for a couple of minutes, morning and evening, on our, on our teeth, which means we are taking responsibility and co-ownership of ourselves alongside seeing the hygienist, which would be the therapist, and seeing the dentist, which would be the doctor. Why right. can't we have a system like that? That was it. So that's, that's now your mission in life, is to... Yeah is to bring that health philosophy. And there are a couple of quotes which I think sum up exactly what you talk about in, the book, the, in your book, and I made a note of them. A, a drop of prevention is worth a bucket of cure. Yes. Right, which is part of what you're talking about here. And waiting to treat an illness after they manifest is like waiting to dig a well after one is thirsty. Mm. So true. And this is the, these, these quotes. Now, the Chinese love a proverb, can I just say? I mean, I've never known a culture with more proverbs <laughs> I've learned loads of languages over the years. I'm like, I've never known anything like it. The wisdom is ridiculous. It's amazing. There's just reams of it. But those two quotes I pulled out because actually that's what we need. This is what's missing. In our zeitgeist, what's happened, in my opinion, in the last hundred odd years is, and I go back to dentistry. My grandmother had dentures. So I remember as a little girl in the 70s, my nan, who was only in her 60s at the time, had her teeth in a glass by the bed. And I remember gazing at them going, oh, my God, that's so weird. She's so old, you know, because she's got no teeth. And she was only like 62. Now, I'm 50. And I'm like, the thought of not having my teeth in 12 years time is absolutely just like unheard of. And I would argue that everyone else would give or take, say the Mm. same thing. So in our society, in our lifetime, we've gone from our grandparents, except not obviously wealthy people, fine, they've got better care. But, you know, my grandmother was not a wealthy lady. So she was working class. So she didn't get dental care. She just did what you do. Your teeth fell out and that was that. So the reality yeah. is, is that that is not, that's not what happens anymore. Okay. We have our teeth. We expect our teeth to be in our body because we look after them on a daily basis. And then even when we go to the dentist, 
the dentist is primarily the first job of the dentist is to check that nothing's going wrong. And then you'd go back in and go, right, we've got to do next, we've got to do this, we've got to yeah. blah, 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 blah. Then off it goes into the cure. But with the West, with Western medicine, we're not doing that. We don't go to our GPs to make sure we're okay. We, we don't. We wouldn't. No. You, would, you would consider that an abuse of the NHS. If I rocked up to my GP and went, oh, can you do some blood tests, please, and make sure I'm all right? They'd go, I've got a waiting room of people out there. No. Um, yeah. So, and yes, there are, in the private sector, you can do that, but lots of people can't afford to do it. Yeah. So we need to have cheap, available techniques that we can do that hook into the fundamental basis of what keeps the human body healthy, which I think a lot of people aren't fully aware of, like plaque on the teeth. It's, it's that simple. Plug on the teeth, you've got to brush it off, and that basically does what you've got, to, what it needs to do. Same with the body. And that's where prevention comes in. So if you want to do dig a well before you're thirsty, then what you need to do is ensure that you're hooking in to the three fundamental things that the body needs in order to stay well. And what are those, Katie? <laughs> oh, I was waiting for that, Richard. <laughs> and what are they, Katie? Well, I will tell you. They are. The three fundamental pillars of preventative health is the free flow of circulation. Okay, that's the first one. Now, everyone goes, yeah, obviously. It's like, yeah, it might be obvious, but we don't do it because modern living stops that from happening because we are over sedentary and therefore the circulation dies down and we are stressed and the stress response messes up the circulatory response. So if we're sat at our desk, working flat out, and then sitting in a car or a train, commuting in and out of the office, we're barely in nature, we're barely moving the body, your basic fundamental axis of health, your basic well is, is compromised already before we've got off the starting block. The second one is comes off circulation, which is the cells of the body, of which there are about three trillion, need to be constantly purging and nourishing, like the breath. Breath comes in, breath goes out. The cellular action follows the breath. But again, we don't do it because we're not detoxifying the body correctly. You know, we're over toxic because we're not moving and we're not necessarily doing the right act actions to allow that process to take place fully. So we're not doing that one either. Now, the third one, people don't even know is a thing. So the first two, you might have half a guess of going, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I thought I was doing that, but obviously not. The third one, we don't even realize, which is you need to strengthen the five key organs. Now, in the West, we don't really view it like that. We recognize a lot of the attributes of the heart beyond the blood circulation, like love, for example, mm. but we don't attribute um, the greater kingdoms of the organs um, to the health of the body in the way that we do in the East, although we did, because it's in our literature. It's in Chaucer, it's in, it's in Shakespeare, it's, it's in Milton, it's right there for all to see. And yet it has, and it's in our expressions, <clears throat> to say, for example, somebody is green with envy or right. to digest information or to yeah. be frozen in fear. We have expressions which will relate to the organs. We just have forgotten. Whereas in, in the East, because their history is slightly different, they've still got all of that. So we need to make sure that the five key organs of the body, which are like little empires, which control everything, need to be healthy. And that is the heart, the lungs, the spleen, the kidneys and the liver. Right. And we need to be on top of them all the time. And with those three key things, you can start to keep your body healthy on the basis that hopefully if you do a good job, like brushing your teeth, you will be offsetting some further problem down the line once it's got a foothold in the body and then becomes a problem. Right. But I guess people listening to that might think, okay, so, but with the teeth, it's simple. I've got one thing to worry about. Okay. I can kind of think about it. 
dealing with those, you know, twice a day. But here we've got three categories of things, and then there are five organs that all of a sudden it feels like very potentially very complicated to try and keep all of those things healthy every day. Ah, well, that's a really good question um, uh, or point. And actually, interestingly, that's why it took me from this sort of moment in my clinic going, <clears throat> I need to swap this round. Chinese medicine needs to stop being the last thing people do because they're desperate to the first thing people do because they're inspired. So inspiration, not desperation, because inspiration gets you, sorry, desperation gets you there. It does. But inspiration is way nicer. So my job, therefore, is to inspire people and distill it down, make it simple. Yeah. Because you could argue, well, you've got multiple different teeth in your mouth and they're doing lots of different things. Um, and there's other things to do. But arguably, what we're doing is you distill it down to you've got to clear the plaque. Basically, that's basically yeah. what you're doing. I mean, I know there's loads more to it. Loads of dentists listening. Oh, God, there's loads more than that. But in a nutshell, when I'm nagging my kids, why do I have to brush my teeth? You know, well, they'll fall out if you don't. Why? Because of the food you eat. Why? Well, the plaque on the teeth. And at that point, I kind of run out of steam. I just do it. Right. So because <laughs> I told you. <laughs> but with the body, actually, it comes down to super, super simple techniques. And they, because they're so powerful, they only need to take a minute and they will do the job. And these are things that are in the book. So for example, yeah. shaking. So shaking the body, and it only takes a minute, is a simple way to allow the circulation to move freely, okay? Because if we're overly sedentary, everything starts to go flat. If you start to shake, even if, if, if at home now, if you just sort of jiggle your shoulders a bit, you can feel the body, you can feel the circulation is kind of like, yeah. you know, jelly on a plate, jelly on a plate, yeah. wibble, 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 but it's got that kind of sensation to it. And if you then stop, can you feel that sense? Yeah, of- I can feel it. Yeah, I can feel a buzz. Yeah, it's like yeah, buzz. buzz. Yeah. Or, or, or lightness. It feels a bit mm. less like a galaxy bar and a bit more like an arrow. So things mm. are sort of starting to move a bit. Now, the minute you shake the body, not only are you moving circulation, but you will allow the purge and the nourish because the cells start to go from being flat like this. They start to whip. They start to move. Right. The minute yeah. things move, you know, you do a very basic physics experiment. If you start to look at atoms moving around, they start bouncing about and like, they start energizing each other like this mm-hmm. and off they go so with one simple move like shaking you've already strengthened the circulation and enabled purging and nourishing now you are also then starting to strengthen the five key organs because all organs will benefit from a, a clean flow of energy and blood around the body the, the organs are just like condensed energy they're like kind of like ground sort of ground control just kind of sort of talking to each other and also managing their empires at the same time. They're like kind of county councils moving into, into parliament. It's just, they, they've yeah. got their stuff to do and they report up to the center command, which is heart um, and heart receives the commands from the heavens. And then there's your relationship to, you know, these outer energy sources like mother earth and father sky. Um, so you can do everything in one minute. It is that simple. And that was really the emphasis of everything I talk about in my brand. One minute to self-care, one minute techniques, it's on the TikTok, it's on Instagram. And there's obviously further because there's always going to be someone that goes, oh, hang on, I've got, I'm, I like this, I've got longer than a minute. So you go, great, come and do 10 minutes, then come and do an hour's Qigong class. I mean, knock yourself out. <laughs> okay, so there's the, so the shaking, which I love that. And, I, and from the book, you, you mentioned the, the tapping, right? The tapping, yes. and I, I shared before I came on, I, I did this this morning. I, did, I felt something from it. Um, yeah. And I, I, I have to admit, actually, I don't think I did actually do it for a full minute. I did it for 30 seconds, probably. And uh, I still felt something from it. Um, so maybe it's worth going through some of the, yeah, some of the practices we've just, we've talked about um, 
you know, we've just talked about the shaking. Um, perhaps we could get, we could talk through the tapping and a handful of the practices that you, uh, that you encourage your clients to, you know, to Absolutely. Use. What, what we could do is let's start with the, the basic three, because if I start like doing it all of it, this is where social media, by the way, really helped me because it wasn't such a thing back in my day. Um, and I had all this knowledge and information, which is sort of pummeled into the book. And then what lockdown enabled me to do was to really sort of go to town on Instagram to bring it to life. And TikTok has now done the same thing because the TikTok model is very much content creation in short burst music. Yeah. So I find myself finding that this brand works really well on the TikTok platform because I can just lark about to ABBA, you know, or the Beach Boys, like, like dancing around my bathroom, you know, to, to a one minute of one of these practices. And it then doesn't feel overwhelming to the, to the person listening going, oh, God, I've got to breathe. And now she's about tapping. And now she's shaking. Oh, God, what was the first one again? Oh, I can't remember as opposed to breaking it down and going, if you just go into the flow of social media, I do it for you. So every day I put one up, which is me just larking about the music in a minute and you just copy it and yeah. just have fun doing it yourself. But nonetheless, the shaking is the first one. Why? Because it's free and it's easy and you can do it. So I find shaking is something that I will do if I've been at my desk. So I, I call it a self-care snack. It's a really useful way to remember in your head because, um, it, it came funny enough, actually, this idea from when I was working in marketing. And this is back in the day when we were in an office on the King's Road and there were smokers in the office. Very rarely do I see smokers now. But in those days, there's a bunch of people that used to smoke. And there would always be every hour, you know, some going, oh, should we go and have a fag? Come on, come on. All the smokers would go off. They'd all go off and have their ciggy. And I'd sit there virtuously at my desk going, oh, such a disgusting habit. Filthy, filthy. Um, working away. But actually now, as a healthcare practitioner, I look back on that and thought, Obviously, smoking is, is, is not good for your health at all. That doesn't need to be said. But the good thing that they did was they gave themselves a break. Yeah. They, would, they gave themselves a two or three minute breather where they would go away from their desk, outside, just relax themselves from it. They're breathing deeply, albeit bad fumes and things, but they are nonetheless slowing down other aspects of their body and then coming back up to their desk, whereas I had just sat there, carried on working. So what I wanted to do was kind of create that in a healthy way. And that's the self-care snack. So that for every hour of work that you do at your desk, you give yourself a minute back, which is to, to shake. So you yep. would just either sit, if, you, if you're really self-conscious, then you could just sit like this, or you could just juggle your feet under the desk like that. Or if you possibly could, you stand up next to your desk and give yourself a shake, or you go off to the loo and you just stand in that overall area, which is slightly removed from the desk and just go over there and just do a minute. Okay. Because it's free and it's easy. I do it when I'm waiting for my luggage at an airport. I do it waiting for the train, the tube, an Uber. I mean, you, you name it, I'll shake because it's easy and it's quick and it's not that obvious. Now, the next one that we do is the drum, which you were talking about the tapper. So drumming or tapping is a very simple self-care technique, which is basically percussive. So you're striking the body in a, in a pleasant way. And what you're doing is you're invigorating chi and blood at a slightly deeper level than just the shake. So the shake is a bit more superficial. And then when you start drumming the body, for example, around the digestive system in a clockwise direction, you're starting to work on deeper um, stasis inside the body where, th where cells have started to get a bit stuck. And it often happens in the digestive system or in the big joints, like the hips and the shoulders. So drumming is very simple. You can use a loosely clenched fist. Or if you're feeling a bit sensitive, you can cup the hands. Or really sensitive, you can go to your fingertips. OK, but most people are fine with a loosely clenched fist. And I tend to start 
going round the digest the abdomen in a clockwise direction. This is very good for middle age spread and weight loss around the digestive system. Um, irritable bowel. It's very it's nice. A pleasant it's very sensation. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. And then you just go to the waist and just drum either side of the waist at the same time. So you're basically on your waistline. Now, this is very good for the immune system because you're drumming in on some key points of the spleen. And you remember earlier I said that these organs have got responsibilities for the whole body and the immune system is linked to the spleen. Then over the chest, breathing deeply. Now you can go, you can go into kind of Tarzan land here if you choose or just nice and gently as we're doing. Um, you can then go to the thymus. Now, if as ladies, you might need to do a bit more of a, of a pincer here. Otherwise, as gentlemen, you can just do a normal hand in a fist. But this is very good. Thymus bashing is something that we do in Chinese medicine to strengthen the immune system. So it's a very good one. This is a, uh, a very good Yangsheng practice. And then you simply go back to your loosely clenched fist and you're going down the inside of the arm because you're following the energy channels and up the outside. Now, go to the shoulders. Now, just drum at the top of the shoulders. This is a very good point for shoulder tension. I see loads of people when I'm, when I'm in offices and things, and they're sitting in meetings, they start rubbing their shoulders like a massage. I'm thinking, yeah, that's not going to do anything. And you see them give up. You see them try it. Go, oh, my shoulder's killing me. Oh, I'm going to massage it. Oh, it doesn't work. And they just get bored. So just change hands and go to the other side. Whereas drumming the top of the shoulders like this is very, very good for releasing shoulder tension because you're, you're drumming some really key acupuncture points right there. Then down on the other side. And what I'm hoping, Richard, you're feeling by now is a sense of relaxed yet energized. Yeah, definitely. I feel, tell you why it feels a bit like I could come out of a swimming pool or out of a bath. That sort of yes. slightly, yeah. But that's exactly it. So if we just stop there. So I'm not doing the bottom half now, but can you feel, we've done the top half. Can you feel the difference between the yeah, top and the bottom? Definitely. Right. Definitely. And, so and interesting, sense- much, much, this is a much stronger sensation than when I just tried to do it myself based on what I'd heard in the book. I think you demonstrating it visually made quite a big difference. It does. I think this is where um, society has moved on. Because when I wrote that book, and that book, by the way, took me years to write, even though it's simple, um, and even though I've written reams and reams since then, to get everything in my mind distilled down so that I could give you a simple explanation as to where to start effectively, that's what took the time. Um, but as I said, I think social media actually brings us to life much more. It's way easier for me to break all that information down into just do this one today. Let's yeah. just do this today. And you go, oh, what's Katie's moves today? And then you just do it with me. And you think, oh, great, because I deliberately choose songs, you know, that are aimed at our age group. Um, so although I never I do go the- on TikTok, but I now feel I used to say that I used to proudly look at like scorn my children go oh god this TikTok generation oh and now I'm all over it TikTok's brilliant like anything you've got to be discerning but that's like anything in life I mean that's Mm. like saying I like to go out and eat well there's a massive difference in terms of restaurants available and which one you choose to go to so TikTok's the same you need to ensure that you're being very discerning about what you're asking these social media platforms to offer you. But when they're used in the right way, I think they're brilliant because they bring communities together, like-minded people. TikTok enables you, like Instagram, to just cut down the content into tiny, tiny bite-sized pieces that the busy person like you, 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 you know, you'll give me a minute. You, you, you may not give me an hour for a Qigong class, certainly not at the moment, but you know, you'll give me a minute of your time because you think, oh, she makes me laugh. Oh, she's really interesting. Oh, I actually, I really like doing those movements. They're ridiculous, but I feel better when I do them. And that's our job. We're therapists. 
that's what yeah. we're here to do. Yeah, yeah, no, love it. Um, so you mentioned three. So we've 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 done our shaking. We've we've done our tapping. Mm. Let's do if we do the last one again. Three because the idea of this brand is not Avon calling that we're desperate. Like, now you need and now you need to buy a five hundred pound product and then you're going to be put great. It's like no. Okay, so we're going to go back to another free one, which is breathing. And before everyone sits there groaning and going, oh, God, here we go again, another breathing person. So actually, Chinese medicine have this really simple and really brilliant breathing technique called the Chinese inner smile. Um, now, I've slightly renamed it and called it the rescue breath because we're all so stressed. Now, the key to the breath is that the lungs are the governor of the body. And what that means is that you can control the lungs with the breath. It's the only organ as a human being we can actually control. I can't right. control what my liver's doing right now. I mean, actually, that's not strictly true. As a, the, the masters can, but the average human being cannot. You'd have to practice and train to do so. The lungs, you can. And the interesting thing about the lungs that not many people know is that the movement of the diaphragm, which is what controls the amount of breath coming in and out of the body, is actually controlling peristalsis. And peristalsis, ah, well, peristalsis is, is the movement of the gut. It's okay. this sensation, which is what allows the digestive uh, process to take place from one end to the other. It's called peristalsis. It's also directing the um, process of the cells. This, this kind of sensation of expansion and contraction is being dictated by the lungs. Now, the lungs are controlled by how much you consciously decide to bring into your body. Now, the thing about breathing is it can be subconscious or conscious. So when we're busy, we don't think about it. We're just breathing. We're busy. Like you're working. Da, 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 oh, you know. But when you're actually putting your mind into breathing, it can become a conscious activity and a conscious practice. And there's off the back of that, then thousands and thousands of amazing Taoist practices, all based off breath. And there's loads of amazing breathwork people out there now. But the reality is, is that we all need to start with something super, super simple. So let me teach you one of the easiest breath exercises that will relax the body, take it into its parasympathetic state, slow down the heart rate, which will improve anxious um, issues or uh, mental health issues. Um, and it will also calm down the overstressed response that we're all dealing with and improve digestion. Okay, all in five breaths. So wow. all you do is, yeah. right, let's try it. So we take your hands like this and just place them on your lower belly. So just under the belly button and just have them there. And then just sit comfortably and close your eyes and just allow the breath to soften and just be aware of the gentle pressure of your hands on your lower belly and keep your attention where you can feel your hands gently clasped, breathing deeply. And now imagine a smile on your lips, like Mona Lisa, a gentle smile of equanimity. And imagine the same smile down in your lower belly where your hands are clasped. Breathing deeply. Allow the breath to slowly rise and fall. 
If your attention wanders, go back to the smile. Feel it gently expanding behind where your hands are clasped. And when you're ready, slowly take your attention back up to behind your eyes and gently come back to the room. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Simple, right? It was simple. And I, <laughs> without being too frank, the first thing that happened was my, my anus released. <laughs> I just felt that release. You know, we've got that tension that we hold right there. That was the first thing that happened, just like this. And then, yeah, everything else just felt like it released after. And that was, that's a very, very simple meditation. Now, I deliberately mm. didn't say the word first because you start mentioning the M word, but worse than the menopause. You're just like, oh, God, don't, mm. don't ask me to meditate. I can't do it. Um, but actually, often with meditations, we in the West start with what we call yin meditations, where you're being asked to empty the mind. And we can't because yeah. we're so mm. used to having to think all the time. Um, that's a yang meditation. So you're giving your monkey mind, which is what sort of like leaps about, something to focus on which yeah. is first the location, there's your hands, and secondly, the smile. It gives you a something, one thing to focus on. Um, and it's a very simple, now we did that, but it was probably just over a minute because I didn't want to rush it, but have you noticed that sense that the outside world's still rushing around us, but we've just suddenly slowed right down? Mm. Yeah, it, yes, a, yes, yes. A, I just feel, yes, slower and calmer, and yes, yeah. and, and more relaxed. Less more relaxed than my muscular, you know, physically relaxed. But that those three exercises are completely free. They're easy. You don't have to sit here making a meal of them. You know, you could sit at your desk, okay, if all else fails, and just close your eyes for a minute. You know, you yeah. could even have a do not disturb on the back of your chair. You know, there, there's yeah. there's ways now. I mean, I just looking at what my husband has to do on a daily basis with his work and you know offices and employers are now understanding that you know we're not robots you know you don't just plug us in in the morning and we work all day flat out with no undulations of energy um people get tired in the afternoons and then if they if they drive through it then they get sick and and we're looking at that at the moment if you're looking at offices you know what their healthcare bills are once you come out the other side of all of this endlessly driving driving and you think well, actually, if we allow the human body to just restore itself and to get ourselves back, so if, if the prayer symbol is a balanced body and yeah. our working productivity makes us go like this, then the trick is each hour to pull it back and get back to, to your prayer signal again. If you don't, then what happens in a day is it's just going to go a bit off, a bit more, a bit more, a bit more, until sort of by the afternoon, you're all the way over here. And then you're going to be feeling ghastly and you're going to dragging yourself back around again. And often people then have to deal with their children and their family situations. And this is when everyone is getting overwhelmed, exhausted, mental health issues um, and illnesses, stress-related issues. And then they eventually have to have time out because they can't cope. And this is yeah. what's happening. The bodies start to break down. 
And actually, those three little things that I've we've talked about this morning, they're really easy. Yeah, and how do you feel? Because they're really easy, and they don't feel. What I also like, especially about the first two, is that they don't feel serious. And I think there's, I don't know, maybe it's the sort of Western aversion to like doing something serious. Like we have this this sense of our oh, word. It's a bit spiritual and it's a bit serious. And so I don't know about that, but you know, the fact that they're fun, I think, might make a you know a huge difference. Uh, yes, people's I, willingness I, to take them on. I mean, I definitely. I mean, I don't half lock about. <laughs> I mean, I always it's mess great. around at school. It hasn't changed. I mess around now. But the thing is, it should be fun. You're totally right. You know, this is my love of my subject has come from desperation at the beginning into inspiration, and I've yeah. orbited between the two over the years with various different life things that have happened to me along the way. Um, to come out the other side in the sort of the full splendor of a matriarch woman in her early fifties now. Just kind of going, actually, you know what? I'm not going to take life that seriously anymore. It is tough. It is hard. It is incredibly difficult. Anyone pretending that their life is great and they've never had a problem, mm, I doubt it. Um, but actually, once you get to the truth of things and think, actually, our greatest pain is our greatest reward, and pain does actually equal gain if we know how to navigate it correctly, and we don't have to suffer if we choose not to as the co-creators of our existence, suddenly you switch the light on. And then all of a sudden, it starts to get rather fun and exciting. And you think there are solutions. You don't have to suffer. You can look after yourself. The body can self-heal. It can. I'm not going to go in direct opposition to any Western doctor ever. But this, the idea of this medicine is the prevention. It's lifestyle. It, it's brushing your teeth. That's what it is. And you would never go to your dentist and not brush your teeth. You know, right. I feel a bit guilty sometimes when I don't floss. Do you floss? Oh, yes. Thinking, not always. Because, you know, I wasn't brought up in that generation. My kids do. But, you know, we brushed our teeth religiously. Dental floss didn't exist in the 1970s, certainly not in the ferryman household. So, um, you know, the reality is, is that actually there is this array of amazing, wondrous, pleasurable techniques which you can do that only take a minute or two and make you feel good at the time and give you a long term benefit like your teeth. It's exactly the same. Well, yeah, and even better than brushing your teeth because it, it, it actually really feels good in the moment. I mean, that's, that's, that's what's great about, about those. And I think, I think the workplace is opening up and we are starting to become more open to these ideas. And this is a part of the mission of this podcast is how can we bring more of these ideas into the workplace? But we had a um, CEO of a company on here, a guy called Shashin Shah. He was on, uh, on the show a while back. And every hour in their workplace, they play classical music for a minute or two and everybody's invited to meditate for a minute or two. I mean, that's so, brilliant. Yeah. And actually that's, I mean, goodness me, what an enlightened man. That's exactly the kind of stuff that I talk to my husband about and other businesses where I work. Give yourself for 59 minutes of output, give yourself a minute back because during the output, um, I'm doing my, it's like a minute hand for anyone just listening, not watching. It's, it's like the prayer signal. Every hour you've gone off, you've gone to five past one and uh, five past 12. And the trick is to nip it right there in the bud. That is breath and movement, going back into those three pillars of healing, circulation, urge and nourish, strengthen the organs. By getting the oxygen and the life force into the body with the meditation breath, by shaking and drumming the body to just release the stagnation and toxicity right at the moment that it started to build up, like plaque on the teeth, get rid of it straight away. Then, then obviously, you see the hygienist who then gets in there to the bits that you have missed. There's the therapist. Okay, yeah. then all of a sudden, it's no longer this person's doing this and that person's for this. Because I've heard this in clinic. People are really confused. Western medicine makes sense. 
you go ill, you get ill, you go see a doctor, and then your doctor will either sort it out straight away or signpost you to a consultant. Okay, and the system the system works for, for what it's doing. But if you're not in that system, then you're in a bit of a muddle because you're like most people have then tried Western medicine. This is what I hear, and if it doesn't work for them, because sometimes it doesn't, often it does, sometimes it doesn't, then they're in a bit of a muddle. It's like, oh, what now? And then then off they go. They try homeopathy, they try massage therapy, they try green juice, they try all the silver bullets that they read about in the health sections of the papers, and they're muddled because no one's actually pointed out what I think my message is, which is you've got to hit those three touch points of the baseline and build on that. That's like it's like a triangle of health, a pyramid of health. Get the circulation flowing, get the cells detoxifying correctly, strengthen the organs, and you're going to start to feel better. And that makes sense. And that was really the idea of the brand, which was just start here. And then you can layer on all these other bits and pieces as well. And it only takes a few minutes. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, that, that word holistic gets overused a bit, but it, it really is that, isn't it? It's this the sort of foundation of, of health. It's, yeah, and not just, well, you need more of this type of vitamin or this type of mineral, or it, it, it's thinking about things in a, in a much broader context, isn't it? That's what it seems to yes. me. And, and also yes. thinking about the body as something like this, this, this organism that needs sort of constantly tending. Um, and I'm guessing that over time you become more conscious of when your circulation is out or your, your cells are feeling a bit groggy or the organs aren't quite balanced. Is, is that something that also emerges as you get more into this? Oh, my God. You should try being me for 10 seconds. Seriously. My poor husband, he's just like, oh, God. <laughs> He's like an alpha male and he's really strong and nothing, nothing ever hits the side. And then I'm like this micro ecosystem of constant adjustments. And like, um, because I'm, I understand my body and I'm very sensitive because I can feel everything. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm an empath, I'm psychic, I can read energy. So, yes, um, you can become very, very attuned to yourself and you realize how dumbed down we are to our bodies, how much of an expectation from the, and it, this is a hangover of the 20th century, by the way. Um, you know, the 20th century has, has its own identity, like the 19th and the 18th and the 17th and all centuries before, as does the 21st century. You know, we are now in the information revolution. We are in the age of enlightenment. If human beings have got a chance of balancing their acts with nature and actually sustaining life at all, then we need to evolve fast. And we are. So therefore, suddenly these rules of the 20th century, I say this to my community all the time, forget them. that They were 20th century thinking. We're not in the 20th century. 21st century. So here we are in the 21st century thinking it's not okay to think with the amount of pressure and sedentary, stressful lifestyle that with, with technology that as it is, to think that trying to do your 10,000 steps, eating five a day and getting to the gym and boshing a few supplements is going to do the trick. It's not. And it, okay, if, if it is working for some people, great. I'm delighted that it's working for them. But my experience is that it's not working for most people. Most people are confused and ill and they don't understand why they've got what they've got and then what to do about it. And everything in my brand, whether it's coming in on a one minute TikTok all the way from a deep two hour consultation with me, is answering those two questions. Why and what? Why have I got what I've got? Why do I feel like this? And once I've understood that, because 50% of the solution is understanding the problem in the first place, what do I then have to do that only takes a couple of minutes because I'm fully enlightened and I understand why I'm doing it? Right. And that, that's a really important point as well, because and you talked right at the start of this interview about becoming a co-creator in your own health is what mm. tends to happen in a Western situation is you're very much 
under the influence of the authority, the doctor. Mm. You listen to the doctor, the doctor tells you what pills to take. And maybe you do a Wikipedia search of what the drug is, but but basically you just take it as read what you're being told and you you swallow the pills in compliance. But this is bringing you in right up the chain to why this is happening and giving you an understanding of, the, of your health. Absolutely. And I think the thing is, again, I mean, I, I'm always very mindful of, 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 of any level of criticism to Western medicine because I don't criticize Western medicine. I'm a, I, am, I am literally alive because of it. So as is my father, as are my children. So um, doctors at the end of the day are incredibly talented at what they're doing. But, but you just hit the nail on the head because you referred to Western medicine and pill all at the same time. So basically what you just said there was that your expectation if you went to a GP is chances are you're going to be given a tablet. Yeah. Because that's what you just said. Right. Well, medicine has many aspects. Tablets are one aspect and pills in traditional sense of the word were only one medical modality that we had. And in Chinese medicine, they have this thing called the eight immortal healers. I love it because they make it all really spiritual. It all sounds really poetic and beautiful. And the eight immortal healers are actually in order of importance. And the first immortal healer is not tablets. It is breath. And the second right. one is water. And the third one is food. And then it goes on into, so if you think about sort of paganism, which was because they, they really aligned to nature in the pagan times. So what were they doing? That They did, they did lots of things wrong. And they did lots of things right. And the, the alliance to nature we could learn from. Um, if you think about it, they were doing breath work because they were out and about moving all the time and doing sport and fighting and exercise. And that was basically breathing. Um, and then they were using water. If you think about the Romans, they had the Roman baths. They're famous for them. And if you mm. study it, you can see that all the Wim Hof stuff, which, by the way, a lot of which has come from Chinese medicine, um, was what they were doing in the Roman days. And e- interestingly, when you learn about it at school and they say, you know, and then they would anoint them with oil and the, the, the lucky old slave got to kind of scrape it off with this scraper thing. I looked at what that scraper thing was. Is it here? No, it's from upstairs. And it looks just like a gua sha tool. That's what they were doing. Hot, cold water therapy, which is what moves the circulation and purge and nourish and strengthens the organs. And it strengthens the overall body. And that's what it does. And that's why that's suddenly coming back into fashion now, where suddenly lots of people, me included, are getting out there, showing people how to experience hot, cold temperatures in order to heal the body. So you'd use breath, use water, you use food, and then you can go into the supplements, which normally when people came to my clinic before, the first thing they would tell me about, once they told me about the Western stuff that wasn't working, because if it does work, they wouldn't normally, if if Western medicine works for you, you've gone, that's great. But if it doesn't, then you're over here going, oh, I'm really lost, I don't know what's going on. So then then they're healing it alternatively with, uh, food and supplements, and you're th- and yet they're not doing the breath and the water, and you're like, well, hang on, you're, and then they're coming for acupuncture, which they're paying for. You're like, you're missing the the first thing. You're missing. It's like saying, I don't brush my teeth. The dentist does it. I just, I'm just careful. I just don't eat sugar. And you think, if if you put it into that context, that sounds completely bonkers. I know yeah. when I go out with my girlfriends, if we're about to eat a pudding, not one of us says oh, it's bad for my teeth. We're all like, oh, should we have the chocolate pudding? I'm trying to lose weight at the moment. No one says, oh, it's bad for my teeth. Why? Because we brush them. So we don't care. Yeah. I mean, we should yeah. care, but we don't. I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's... yeah. Um, the other thing you talked about in, in the book, which, which uh, really resonated with me and something I didn't really consider a great deal is seasons, seasonality. Mm. And the importance of seasons. Obviously, we're, we're in the UK now coming into winter. and 
yeah, what's the what's the message from Chinese medicine on on the seasons, and, and why is that important? It's absolutely paramount that we align ourselves to nature, um, and it's something which I've really learned during the course of my life. I was born in London, had my first flat in London, you know, lived in London, moved to the countryside about twelve years ago, and actually struggled. When I first moved down here, I sort of had some kind of weird agoraphobia because it was just like, oh, where are the shops? <laughs> what do I do on a Saturday? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? Like, you know, I can't wait in my nice place because I need to be in wellies. So, but actually what I've learned now, I've calmed down over the years, is it's absolutely paramount that we live with nature. Again, it's a 20th century concept, um, which arguably was a hangover from the 19th century, that mankind can control nature. This has come out of the Industrial Revolution. Okay, and it's not true. We're witnessing that right now. Nature will always win. Nature is bigger than we are. So to assume that man is more powerful is ridiculous because we will simply pollute ourselves to death. And all that will happen is we will become extinct as a species ourselves and probably take a whole load of other ones with us. And then nature will just simply carry on going round and round and round and round and round until eventually it will reform in a new way. And, and it will. We won't be there, but it will. Now, the reality of living with the seasons is crucial because we are nature. The concept in Chinese medicine is that we are the microcosmic orbit, so that every single thing in the universe is contained within the cellular knowledge of one of the three trillion cells in our body. So you have the entire force of the universe contained in one cell time to the, to the power of three trillion. That is the opportunity, sorry, that is the magnetic force of the human being that we have the capacity to do. No wonder we've been ruled by fear. Okay, because it's the only way that the powers that be could control that at that level of amplification. And this is the exciting part of the 21st century, because we're not being controlled by fear anymore. We're becoming very enlightened very quickly because we're in the information age and it's out there because we're talking about it. So to align to nature is paramount. Now, one of the problems is as a result of the Industrial Revolution, most people are not in nature anymore. We live in urban environments, often in flats. Um, I've got my, my little flat from when I first bought my flat in London, which I still own. And I stay there when I'm in London. And even I forget to put my crystals out in the moon because I can't see the moon because <laughs> I've got about 20, 20 other flats on top of my flat. I can't even see it. So you're removed. And the only memory or reminder of nature I've got is this tree in the back garden outside my flat, which is doing its cycle. And it's kind of reminding me. But other than that, you're quite removed. And the thing is, if our cells are aligned to the entire information available in the universe, which is like mind blowing, times three trillion, we need to align. Um, and I have in the last 10 years being down here. And the difference once you become sensitive to the energy shifts, which are changing every two hours of every day in a 60 year cycle, that's actually what's going on. And once you start to align to that, you will become very, very sensitive to things not being aligned in the correct way. That's the power of sensitivity that we have available to us. Right. Right. And, and in the book, you've got a lot of suggestions about how we might want to change our diet, we might want to change our sleeping patterns, we might want to change our exercise patterns as we move through the seasons. Mm, absolutely. Um, so for example, uh, right now, we're, we're actually, in, we're, we're speaking at the beginning of November, we're just at the beginning of winter, believe it or not, in the Chinese calendar, the seasons move with the energy shift. So whilst it still looks like autumn out there, so for example, autumn starts um, roughly the 6th of August, 
So everyone's packing oh. up for their summer holidays. And old Katie Brindle's going, oh, it's awesome, everybody. And everyone's oh, shut up. <laughs> but it is. Okay. And it doesn't mean you have to kind of bring out the winter willies straight away, but you need to be aware that we're moving into kidney territory. So in the wintertime, what you should be doing is going to bed early and getting up late. Now, the problem that we have is that our lifestyles aren't that, like that doesn't happen. I've got to take my kids to school. People have got to get to work. I've got to do a job. So you've got to then tweak the information into a practical way. So what I say to my community is, right, the chance of getting up late, slim, but you can go to bed early. So don't watch the next episode of Netflix. Like, don't do that. Like, don't, don't go to bed late. Go to bed early. I go up at nine. I mean, poor Mr. Brindle. He's like, oh, for God's sake. So it's just like no quality time at all. Oh, I'm off to bed now. But I go up at nine. I do all my gua sha. I bathe my feet. And I'm in bed early, ready to be asleep by 10. So that at least I've got the early night bit covered, even though the morning bit is basically the same all year round. Um, and it's little tricks like that. It's knowing what you should be doing going, well, I can't, but then going, okay, but what can I do? So then my, my food will tweak slightly, the type of tea I will drink. So in, in the autumn, it's, it's more like an oolong tea. It's like, it's a kind of halfway house between the summer and the winter. And by the time we're in midwinter, you want a pua tea, which is in a clay pot, heavier in nature. It's got a better relationship with the energy flow of the body. Um, you want more soups and casseroles and hot foods in the wintertime. Um, whereas in the summertime, you want something which is lighter and more cooling on the body. So perhaps more chrysanthemum, um, lighter foods like cucumber or watermelon. Um, but going off to Pret at lunchtime and thinking that, you know, buying a salad from Pret or a sushi is healthy in the middle of November. Like that's the kind of thing that you go, no, don't do that. Go to the hot counter, go and buy the hot food instead. Um, and, and little tweaks like that will make a massive difference to how you feel. Yeah, it's, it's and, and something I really reflected on is that I'll just, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I fancy a bit of manga. I'll, I'll tell myself, the question I'll ask myself is, is this healthy or not? I'm not really asking, oh, well, this is, this is some cashew nuts or this is some mango. This is, I know that this is healthy. I'm not thinking to myself, is this the best possible choice for the season? It's just something I never ask. And so that's what, you know, this book has helped me to consider is, okay, well, maybe I should start tuning into that. Well, it will, um, I promise you, well, it's not only will it help you, but I think, again, the 21st century is very much about, the, like, it's no longer, big structures kind of ruled by one powerful person at the top trickling down which is what we that's what we were born into um it's shifting it's now grassroots building up so my message is very much shift yourself from the inside out and then society will start to change so for example mango in the uk in the winter is a complete disaster but that's also really bad for the environment not preaching because i'm not perfect but you know that's been shipped in that's had to come all the way from somewhere to somewhere else and 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 and, and. So whereas pears, for example, which are really good for you at this time of year, grow in this country. So they're better for your body. Mm. And, you know, we need to be we need to be really considering, you know, local foods. They're also cheaper. Turnips, really good for you at this time of year. Really delicious. Cheap as chips. I mean, I can buy a pound of turnips in my local market for not very much money at all. And that becomes dinner. Um, yeah. And so, you're, you know, and, and then with that. So if I think about my own personal journey here, so what, what, what are the benefits to other people of me taking ownership myself? Well, I never go to my doctors. So I've saved a whole load of bandwidth for my doctor to focus on people more deserving than me because I don't need to go. So that's that one. Um, I am not buying food in on air miles and all the rest of it. So my, my carbon footprint in terms of my consumption has gone down. I've gone to a vegan diet versus a meat diet. So environmental impact to the planet improved. So um, 
you can see how that is and there's less plastic waste because i tend to be buying things in brown paper bags rather than sort of covered and slathered in plastic because they've been shipped here there and everywhere so these are just tiny tiny things that i've done which make me better so selfishly yay me like i feel great i don't get sick as often as i used to and i feel really really healthy and feel much better and my impact to everybody else is better it means everyone else will benefit from that because the planet is that tinty tiny bit better off because i've made these adjustments and yet i don't feel like i'm missing out on anything maybe some mango but it's all right <laughs> yeah. well it's there's a light but that's what's coming through really clearly alignment alignment to nature and island to the seasons and if we align it gets better for us and it gets better for, uh, for nature how else to be honest with you richard how else are we going to do this yeah like seriously i mean i'm not one to be preaching here because my message is all about positivity and light out of the darkness comes the light and you know i've sat there with on the greenpeace board looking at the you know the various summits for this that and the other you know they had one recently in new york about saving the oceans only one percent of the oceans are protected so what do we think is going on with the other 99%? Well, I doubt very much that the powers that be are looking after them for future generations. They'll be over plundering them, deep sea mining, overfishing, and they couldn't get it over the line. They couldn't. Okay, they hopefully will next time. So what do we do? The great thing about this modern day age is we can actually do something. So I remember in the 1980s, discovering Friends of the Earth and just literally just wanting to burst into tears. And that was over acid rain. I mean, that's the least of our problems now. But the reality now is you've got brilliant organizations out there where you can add your name to petitions and you can make modifications to your diet and make modifications to your lifestyle, which will basically, you know, put the brakes on because ultimately commerce rules politics and commerce is selling to people. So we have the power with inside us to make these lifestyle changes and modifications better for us, better for each other, better for the planet, better for the next generation, and hopefully creating this amazing century that we're privileged to be in. I mean, isn't it amazing to be in the 21st century? Well, yeah. I mean, as I a mean, woman. Yeah. Just the information. To, to you, Richard. Yeah, I mean, look, as yeah. a female, I wouldn't have been able to do this 100 years ago. My opinion meant nothing. And here I am yeah. chatting away to you, selling yeah. everything I love. You know, it's great. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I tell you what, as you speak, it reminds me of a guy we had on the show who's a, he's um, uh, from Iceland and he's a, a native of, of um. No, sorry, Greenland, Greenland native, and talked about how he'd done a lot of work internationally on on climate crisis. And his his message was: we we need to worry less about the melting ice caps and and worry more about melting our own hearts, our own souls, and dealing with the freezing inside of us, and 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 uh, and connecting to our own nature as the first step. Um, and I think that's um, he's totally yeah. right. By the way, there's a brilliant new series of Borgen, which is all about um, uh, Greenland, which is, re- I don't know if you've watched it, it's really good. Um, Borgen. It's that Borgen, it's brilliant. It's the Scandinavian political, it's set in Denmark, sorry. Uh, and it's a sort of political box set on Netflix. And it's, it's all about the prime minister. It's amazing. And the latest series was all about, they found oil in Greenland. And then the whole political shit show that came off of the back of it. And all the environmentalists and what, what actually happened. I won't spoil it. But it's a really, really good series about sort of that. And he's totally right that we've got to we've got to become we've got to become fully alive. okay? because we haven't been. I mean, you know, I study a lot about human behavior in history. I do a lot with history of art and sort of going all over the place to kind of because artists were quite, uh, you know, they were free thinkers and stuff. And they were revolutionaries, many of them. They're pushing the dial all the time. So when you go look at a 16th century painting, like, right, what are they trying to say? So I was in the Sistine Chapel recently 
looking at the Last Judgment, which is what Michelangelo painted there. And it was an absolute, he nearly lost his life over it. And there's this bit where he has literally painted himself as melting skin. Okay, that is literally how he's portrayed himself in this painting, which is really famous in the Sistine Chapel, which is all about, you know, Catholicism when it was in its absolute roots back then when it was taking over from the ancient Romans. And here we are. And it's all impacted into what we're thinking now. Um, and it's so interesting to see that everything that they were telling us then is what we need to do now. We need to become fully enlightened. That's what the paintings are telling us. That's what they were risking their lives to leave these messages as legacy. And here we are for the first time since then in history where we as individuals have the power and the autonomy to actually make these decisions for ourselves and say, no, I'm not okay with that. We had to have revolutions in the old days. We had to kill people. We don't have to do that anymore. We just have to change and modify our behavior. And I think, Richard, the idea of my brand is to show that it really doesn't need to be more complicated than a few little bits and pieces here, there, and everywhere along the way to make a massive shift. So just like a one minute of breathing sent us into a really relaxed state, one minute of, of shaking, you could feel the difference between the two halves of your body. So one minute of slight modifications to your diet, like a vegan meal rather than a steak and chip, or eating pears rather than mango, or eating hot food rather than cold, or eat, drinking tea, not ice cold water. These are simple little things which don't make any effort whatsoever. They're easy to do, and yet will make you feel so much more connected, so much healthier, so much more alive, and therefore more powerful. And then you've got the power of the individual that can then become this collective wave of of enlightened people going, well, let's just be like this. We, no one needs to do anything. We just need to be. We just need to be this and become it. And then we are it. And then everything will shift off the back of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we need to create Preach. a new party. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Preach, sister. No, I love it. It's great. Watch out, Tory party. <laughs> okay. Um, so... We've covered, a, we've covered an awful lot. Is there anything else you'd like to, to cover that we've not touched on? Um, God, is, is there anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Bad to a TikTok I, video. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now let's start doing that to music. No, um, I honestly, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for such amazing questions. And I hope I haven't sort of like ranted off too much because I, once, I, once I get going. <laughs> well, that's, what's, that's what I love about the podcast format, right? People can mm. and people want to hear the rant. They want to hear all of it. It's, uh, it's awesome. No, you're a. I, I think really my last sort of comment to you, Richard, is that there's a lot of negativity in the news and in society, and a lot of feeling of doom and gloom and pessimism. And I and I can fully see that. I see it in my clinic. But my message is always an overwhelming one of out of the darkness comes the light. That we are in this amazing pivotal moment in humanity right now, where what the individual is doing is hugely, hugely powerful, and. I urge anyone of our generation to let go of any doctrines of the 20th century and fully embrace the 21st, because it's an age of the wisdom of the past and the hope of the future. And I think if we can gather that together as an individual, that will be hugely powerful in the evolution of mankind and something that we should all be hugely proud of. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Katie. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been, I feel exhilarated by it. I mean, you, you, your chi is... I, it, I don't know if it's possible to measure it, but I'm, it feels like it's very high. And it I is. feel like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting something from that. You're transmitting Yay! that. It's great. Good. You know? Well, yeah. now you keep that going with your, your tapping and your drumming and your yeah. shaking, and then off you go to the races. 
Well, exactly. And he's giving me, because I'm already very, I mean, I eat very healthily. I, I do yoga. I exercise. I sleep well. I, I meditate twice a day. There's a bunch of stuff I do. And, and I can see that what you're offering is, is going to potentially allow me to take it to even another level. Because what you're, it's like at the moment, I'm, I'm doing things in, in like distinct parts of the day. Right. But this idea, I think, of what you're bringing to me is like, well, we can, we can be looking at, you know, monitoring all day. And like constantly be making adjustments and topping yes. up our, our circulation and and for it to become more of, I suppose, a continuous experience of well-being, right? That or something yes. like that. That's what's forming in my head as being what's you're possible right. for me. I'd, yeah. Yes, from what you've just said, you I mean, you're you're in the A stream of self-care already. Most people aren't doing what you've just said you do. Yeah. So I'm normally starting from scratch. If I'm looking at someone like you that's already doing some, you know, you, you're eating well, you're meditating twice, that you're practicing yoga, da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, and yet we're not fully alive. So there's clearly something not quite there. So consider your body like a mobile phone. I love using tech. It's so great. Tech really mirrors humanity. So think of your soul is like the SIM card. Okay, so it's the wisdom that you want to be programming into the SIM card to go in mm. new mobile phones as they develop, which is reincarnations, obviously. Um, and because uh, who wants to be in an old Nokia when you've got exciting new phones in this day and age? Like, oh no, forget the Nokia, that can go, I want this. But you want to charge up that mobile phone. If you're using your phone a lot, you will take a battery pack out and about with you so that you've got extra power. These techniques I'm giving you are like mini zaps into the mobile yeah, phone. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good metaphor for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really is. So that we don't want to go to low power mode. The minute the body or the phone goes to low power mode, what it does is it starts to shut down certain functions. That's when the ill health comes in. And this very much with the menopausal ladies who are very much in my community. That's what that is. They're in low power mode trying to do a full job of a phone. So if you just think that just giving it a quick charge with one yoga class or like, you know, drinking something, not giving up coffee or having a supplement and you're going, okay, there we go. That's what I'm doing. It's like, yeah, have you seen how much you're using your phone? Like, don't, if that was a phone, how much would you be charging that phone? Would you be walking around with a power pack on you? Yeah, I would. Right. Do the same for your body. If you're yeah. asking your body to do a full power phone job, give it full power, which means tweakments all day long. My husband calls it nonstop prettifications. <laughs> It's an explanation of me because it all started with beauty because that's how I could get my message out because people mm. weren't interested, believe it or not, in being healthy. But they, they, yeah. it's, it's tragic. I launched the brand with a body restorer and a face crystal restorer. And this one went completely bonkers and no one even still knows about this. And yet this has got the power to reduce inflammation, um, strengthen the immune system, clear fevers, clear coughs, clear pain. I mean, for goodness sake, no, no, no. Let's all talk about the beauty because it's going to make you look 10 years younger. Oh, great. Let's get distracted by that. So he called it nonstop prettification because I was constantly in the bathroom, like working out how to explain it in a minute. But now it's not about being pretty. It's about being healthy. Your beauty shines through that. So these constant, the constant dialogue that you've just expressed is exactly it. Just, just, just have a gong on your phone, like your CEO would have classical music. There's a mindfulness bell, which is a free app. Do a really nice gong that you can just set that it just, cause you'll forget all this. Like it's all great yeah, now, but in, yeah. in two hours time, you'd be like, Oh God, I forgot. So have the gong and then you'll be busy, busy. And then it will go gong. Okay. And you go, Oh, gong time. Right. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're in the middle of a board meeting, do the rescue breath. You don't have to sit there with your eyes closed. You can do it whilst listening to someone talk. You can breathe yeah. deeply down into the lower belly. You can nip to the loo or go make a coffee and shake and drum the body at that little interval of the day. Yeah, and when yeah. the gong app goes, you can stand up from your desk and just do a quick shake. 
and notice how you feel. Yeah. Like it will improve things. Yeah, no, I will. Fantastic. All right. So where should we send people? They want to get, you know, more of Katie Brindle. Well, well, gosh, is there any more? Yes, there is. There's way more where that came from. So um, I'm very sort of prolific on TikTok and Instagram. That's where you're going to get me the most. There's a load of free fact sheets on the website um, because I'm which are very much symptom led. Um, people can come to my clinic, which is virtual. So it's done through Zoom. And that's anything from half hour health consultations all the way through to two hour sort of meaning of life consultations, which is where I do the, the the big chart reading and the psychic stuff. And when people have really got a block in their life and they're looking for the meaning of it all. Um, so that's probably the best place to go. Okay. Fantastic. And we'll also put the links in the description. Well, thanks once again, Katie. It's been, uh, yeah, vitalizing. So, uh, Good. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for having that. me on, Richard. No, no. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks again. Bye-bye. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.